0: My name is Chris Pollack. I get to be one of the pastors here. I was this close to wearing a puffy vest in Converse. (laughs) Amy said I shouldn't do that. (laughs) Tonight, I'm going to tell you what Kevin McAllister and Jesus have in common. Did you know they have something in common? If you have your Bibles, would you take them out and turn with me to the Gospel of Luke? chapter 2, and our ushers are coming down with Bibles if you don't have one. Um, If you don't have one of your own, you're welcome to keep this. Um, We also have Bibles in Spanish if that is your heart language. If you would stand with me as we honor the reading of God's Word. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed that he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later... They finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious leaders, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search, he asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? Another translation says, didn't you know that I must be about my father's business? But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them, and his mother stored all these things in her heart. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and favor with God and all the people. This is the word of God for the people of God, and we say together, thanks be to God. Please be seated. When you do something every single year, it becomes so routine that you do it without thinking. This time of year is filled with traditions and routines. During the Christmas gatherings at my house uh, with my parents, we always end up poking fun at my dad, asking each other, don't we always open stockings first? Uh, Sorry, don't we always open stockings last? And we always ask this because literally this has never happened in my 28 years of living, but my dad asks it every single year. (laughs) So we do that because that's what we do on Christmas, one thing that I love most about Christmas time is watching all my favorite Christmas movies. My favorite being Christmas Vacation, as irreverent as it may be. Uh, recently, uh, a poll of millennials determined that this movie, which I'm about to show you a piece of, was voted the best Christmas movie of all time. Uh, I don't know if I totally agree with it, but that's what they decided. Uh, Since it parallels this text we read just a moment ago so well, I thought I'd use it to help illustrate this sermon, and since I'm in charge of our tech team, it's okay that I'm showing a movie clip. (laughs) You'll see in this clip that among all the traditions, we often find ourselves rushing between events, parties, gatherings, traveling. We rush and we hurry so much that we forget things and we overlook things. Take a look. They were getting ready to take a trip. The whole family was there. Now, whether the McAllisters went on such an extravagant trip like this every year is left up to your imagination and the magic of Hollywood. They were so busy and frantic that when they were counting heads, they didn't even realize that the little boy in the van was not their own. They assumed that Kevin was with them. Verse 43 says His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. They were so caught up in trying to hurry to get things out the door that they missed the fact that their child was not with them, much like Mary and Joseph did. I know that I'm relatively new to being a parent, but I'd have to be pretty distracted to not realize that my baby wasn't with me. I mean, you go through the checklist, right? Keys, phone, wallet, wife, baby. No, she's not here. I mean, really? Really? Mary and Joseph assumed and expected that Jesus was with their traveling buddies, uh, which consisted of their relatives and friends. Some friends they must have been, right? Um, Also, I would have asked my relatives first. I would have come to all of them and said, where's my child? Have you seen her? Uh, But uh, I'm sure Mary was bartering with the guy at the camel rental stand trying to get back to her son. She finally ended up on a cart with a bunch of traveling sitar players on her way back to Jesus. I'm taking a few liberties here. Is that all right? Now, uh, I know personally what it's like to be separated from your parents, and I only get to tell you this story because my mom is here and I can't let her live it down. We were getting ready to leave church one Sunday morning, and I was standing by the elevator looking up at the little screen trying to see what floor it was on, and uh, my mom and my sister were there. And then I turned and looked down, and they were gone. Uh, just like that, my mom abandoned me. <laughs> so I went into panic mode, but because I was a perfectly level-headed and thinking-on-my-feet five-year-old, I went to the security desk, and I showed the cranky old man a picture of my parents in the church directory. <laughs> and uh, just as soon as he began to dial our home phone, does anybody still have those? I know a few people that do. Uh, As soon as he started to dial that, my mom came running up to the security desk, just like the dad in the story of the prodigal son. She was worried to death that she had left her one and only son, her favorite child. (laughs) This must have been how Mary felt. I think my mom is still recovering that, mainly because I won't let her live it down 23 years later. Uh, When she saw me sitting behind the security desk, she was astonished and relieved. When Mary and Joseph found Jesus three days later in the temple, they were astonished. When Kevin's mom came home to find that his house wasn't destroyed and Kevin was home safe and sound, she was astonished because she expected him to be in panic mode and her house to be demolished. What she expected to be the case was completely different from reality. Mary and Joseph expected that Jesus was with them on their way home, but they were astonished to find him in the temple. According to dictionary.com, the definition of the word astonished is to fill with sudden and overpowering surprise or wonder or amaze. When Mary and Joseph found their son in the temple, they were astonished. They were filled with sudden and overpowering surprise and wonder. In verse 47, the Greek word existemi is used. Existemi translated from the Greek means to put out of wits, to astound, to be beside oneself or become astounded. This is what the teachers felt when Jesus responded to their teaching. Verse 48 uses the Greek word ekplaso, which nearly has the same meaning as existemi, uh, but it translated into English to strike with astonishment. It's a little bit stronger version of the same word. When is the last time that you have been struck with astonishment? Now, when they found him, Jesus had a bit of a smart aleck response that probably warranted a spanking. Uh, but Luke conveniently leaves that detail out. He just skips over to, well, Mary treasured these things in her heart. I wonder what happened between there. Jesus said, why did you have to look for me? Didn't you know that I had to be about my father's business? They were perplexed by his response. Sometimes I'm perplexed by the things that Josie says to me, but she's not a 12-year-old know-it-all yet, Thankfully. Um, If I was Jesus, I probably would have wanted to make sure the only story written about me in the canonized Bible was a good one where I was behaving and not back-talking my parents. Jesus reveals to us in this text that he was, even at such a tender age, showing up in the ways and the places in which we need him and not in the ways we expect him to. Did you catch the relation in this text to the story of the crucifixion? The story takes place during the Passover festival. (laughs) On their way home, Jesus was not with Mary, but on the third day, he was in the temple, the very temple where Jesus overturned the tables of money changers during the Passover feast before he was arrested. Jesus was crucified and on the third day was resurrected. This text in Luke is a text of resurrection. We expect Jesus to jump on board with our agenda and fix all the things on our list and be obedient and follow the usual traditions of our activities in our lives. Yeah, Jesus, I'm really busy, but if you could go ahead and take care of that for me, that'd be really great, thanks. Thankfully for us, that's not how Jesus operates. I've been astonished time and time again to see the ways that Jesus takes care of me and how he plans for me and my life. He is my intercessor. He is always about his Father's business. He comes in the ways and the places I need rather than the ways I expect or want him to. He's constantly resurrecting and creating new life all around us, in us and through us. And if we let him, and if we're careful to slow down and watch for it, I really like the message translation of John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus says, I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Parents, do you give your kids everything they want? Notice I didn't ask grandparents that because the rules are different for them, apparently. (laughs) Of course you don't. You want to make your kids happy and you have their best interest in mind, but you know what they need and what's best for them, even if they think that you don't. You want them to be successful and to grow up to do the same for their kids one day. God our Father is the same. If he gave us everything that we wanted or did everything we expected him to, can you imagine what our lives would be like? Yikes. Thank God that he is in charge and we aren't. He knows what we need before we even ask it. And his word says that if we ask it in his name, we can consider it to be done. He shows up sometimes where we least expect and when we least expect it. Mary and Joseph spent three days looking for him in all the wrong places, and when they finally found him in the temple, they breathed a sigh of relief. Jesus was there, right where he needed to be, and at the right time. Just like my mom, and like Kevin McAllister's mom, when they reunited with their sons, we can be relieved, astonished, and find peace knowing that Jesus comes in the perfect place and in the perfect way we need Jesus was surprised to learn that his parents had been looking for him because it was obvious to him where he would be. Didn't you know that I had to be about my father's business? Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, help us to see you and to not be frantically searching for you. Come, Lord, in the ways, not in the ways that we expect you to, but in the places that we need you most, God. Help us to be vigilant so that we aren't looking for you in all the wrong places. May we be astonished at the ways that you are working in us and through us, God. Use us to astonish those around us that we may bring glory to your name. Use us to be a light in this dark world, Lord. Astonish us with more and better life than we could ever dream or imagine. Each week, we are invited to the table. It's a constant reminder of something tangible, a new reality, and a bold statement that Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again in the ways and in the places in which we need the most. And it's in faith and hope that we come to this table. It's the circle of compassion that welcomes us in a vision and a peace for the world. Jesus, on the night before he was betrayed by those he came to save, at dinner he took the bread, he gave thanks, and broke it, saying, This is my body, which is broken for you. Whenever you eat it, remember me. Then in the same way, after supper, he took the cup and said, This is the cup, the covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink, do so in affectionate remembrance of me. This is an open table. It's not a Nazarene table. All who are welcome to the transforming work of Christ are welcome And you are welcome in this community. Everyone who is open to believe in this good work and who wants to receive the grace that comes from God is welcome to his table. We want no barriers, so our bread is gluten-free and our wine is non-alcoholic. If you would exit to the left side of your row and move down one of our aisles with your hands cupped, ready to receive that which is good and that which comes from God. We do not take communion. We receive it. It's a gift. Allow these to serve you and listen to what they say. You dip the bread in the cup and then eat it. If for some reason you're unable to come down one of these aisles, if you would just wave at Dr. Paul here and he would be happy to serve you. Please come when you're ready.